0: Hello, parents. Welcome to today's episode. I am continuing my little dedication to boundaries and consequences. And today I talk about what is not a boundary. And I also talk about the ultimate outcomes for parents and teens who practice healthy boundaries. And I also talk about the parent pitfalls Which are mostly thoughts, and of course that lead to feelings and actions, but also uh, helpful thoughts that can help you create a boundary, consequence, or home plan and follow through. Enjoy the listen. Hello and welcome to Parenting Post-Wilderness, your guide to parenting struggling teens. I'm your host, Beth Hillman, a mom of five boys, including a post-wilderness teen and a life coach for parents. I will guide you on how to influence lasting change by first understanding the relationship changing power of focusing on your own behavior instead of futile attempts to control your teens. Parents, the change begins with us. Ah, hello, hello, parents. So good to have you with me today. So let's get right into it. When is it not? a boundary issue. So many people confuse boundary issues with requests or expectations. I have many parents asking me like, well, well is, that a, is that a boundary or is that an expectation? So we're going to talk about some of that today. So here is when, here's some examples of when it is not a boundary issue. Sentences like this. I wish my child would just make their bed. I wish my son would close the door behind him. Oh, I just, I would like everyone to just clean up after themselves. I want everyone to just get along. You know, my sister should call me once a week. Uh, They should know without me having to ask. She drives me crazy when she leaves her laundry out. Or, oh, just keep your stuff cleaned up. (laughs) So those are a few of my personal favorites. Uh, Those are not boundary issues. One, because, well, the way you phrase those, those are basically just complaints, right? So we want to be very thoughtful about what we boundary. Okay. So we want to boundary things that are measurable. Now you can tell if your child's made their bed or not. So if you felt like boundarying that, which I guess I wouldn't because it's just one of the things you want to work with them on. You don't have to like ignore it, uh, but you want to be talking to them like, Hey, I'd really like for you to make your bed. That's an expectation. A boundary would look something like, Hey, as soon as you make your bed, you can go hang out with your friends. That could be a boundary consequenceing if you felt like doing that. Um, I know some parents who who do that with chores, which I think is fine. You know, that's a very simple boundary and very light consequence, right? It's you know, hey, if, as soon as your chores are done, you can go hang out. That makes sense to me. That's fine. But the way that you phrase it, I think, is really important. It has to be measurable. If it's not measurable, like she drives me crazy when she leaves her laundry out that literally is a complaint, right? Or, or keep your stuff cleaned up. That's too subjective. It's not, it's not something you can boundary. Um, you know, you could say, um, there's lots of requests in there, lots of expectations like, Hey, everyone should clean up their stuff. And if someone doesn't have their cleaned up, then you would just go to them and say, Hey, could you p- please pick up your shoes? That's all good. But to me, that sometimes can be really hard to boundary because it's, it's very subjective, the stuff, right. That we're talking about or, um, you know cleaning up after themselves it's like well how much do we clean up and what do we clean up so and and re- be really aware when your brain goes to black and white thinking when i'm talking about this stuff cuz y- your brain might say really like I-, I can't ask my child to make their bed it's like that's that's totally not what i'm saying absolutely ask your child to make their bed and feel free to say hey as soon as your bed's made you can go you know watch tv or something like that that's totally fine um but it's not like we boundary their bed, or we don't say anything. Right? That's black and white thinking. There's there's so many options in between. If we if we're not going to make something a boundary issue, then then absolutely have a conversation about it. Like a hundred percent. So it's okay to make requests of other people, like I'm saying. But when your happiness depends on them fulfilling the request, you have a problem because it turns out no one else is in charge of your feelings. Only you are in charge via your thoughts. Your thoughts create your feelings, whether they're conscious thoughts or unconscious thoughts, that is what is creating your feelings. So many times we as humans make mistakes and we'll try to control other people in order to feel better, right? Well, if my son would just make his bed every day, then I could just like go to work without worry but that's not really what's going on. Circumstance, right? Is your, your son maybe not making the bet and then you're having thoughts like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst parent in the world or my son's you know, um, lazy because he can't make his bet. And that's what you're getting feelings from are those thoughts. So here's the thing is, is we can't... <laughs> controlling other people seems like such a good idea, but we just... We literally literally can't make our child make their better. We can't make them stop smoking weed. We, we can't. And so that's just one of those things we want to really realize. Because no matter how hard you try, you just can't control other people. And in some of these scenarios, like I mentioned before, the person isn't actually violating like your personal space. So it's not really a boundary issue and it's somewhat inappropriate to create a consequence around like everybody pick up your stuff, you know. Um, Like I said, it's fine to make a request, okay? So boundaries, we want boundaries to always come from a place of love, Um, love of self, and love for another human being. And boundaries can influence values, right? If I as a parent value school, then I can create a boundary around my child going to school. Okay, if I value uh, chores, which which I do, then I can create a boundary and consequence around chores. I just need to make sure it's measurable, and I need to need to make sure the consequent is lines up right with the boundary. So we want love of self, love for another human being, and we want to. And, and boundaries are also there to influence values. And I it just a boundary is not an ultimatum. It's not. It's not a way of controlling other people so that we can feel better it just it just never works and it's so disempowering and it's quite um i guess separating from the other person people don't like being controlled or forced especially teens and of course your kids might say your kids might say like that's a dumb rule that's a dumb consequence you're trying to control me but that's another really key ingredient of a boundary it it has to have choice in it we'll go into that in in um another another episode. So what boundaries do is they help us control ourselves. So we can show up as the parents we want to. Boundaries help us remain calm in a triggering or crisis moment. So even though our nervous system's like, might want to freak out because we smell weed on our daughter. We can parent, if we have boundaries, we can parent from a place of calm because we've decided ahead of time what to do when that daughter comes home smelling like weed. It's so important. It boundaries help parents stay or remain regulated. So some of the great outcomes for parents and teens who practice healthy boundary setting is it teaches emotional resiliency and self regulation to all who are involved. So if I can show up regulated, When my teen is dysregulated, that informs my teen's nervous system. Okay. It's that is absolutely true and so helpful to know as a parent. You can become emotionally available and hold space for your teen and loved ones throughout the ups and downs of life. That's another thing that boundaries can do. It teaches the truth that we can only be in control of ourselves. We can ask or request, sure. Set a boundary for someone else, sure, sure, but ultimately it is us that we need to control. The next one is it has a way, it's, I call it earned peace or, or some call it earned attachment, meaning that if I can remain somewhat regulated, then I get to feel more peace, right? When something crazy happens. The next one is it leads you to um act in an appropriate parent role. Like it influences healthy, authentic, and deeper relationships. Because instead of freaking out on your team or being dysregulated on your teen or with your teen, if you can hold a boundary and follow through, then you are acting well, healthy. And, and it increases deeper relationships because you're, you're able to show up for your teen in a regulated way, even though they're dysregulated or might be dysregulated, you're showing up in a, in a regulated way. And that actually helps establish trust. So it, it helps develop those deeper relationships. It also teaches everyone, including, you know, your kids and you how to create a healthy environment for ourselves. So what I want to talk about now are some of the parent, I call them parent pitfalls. It's really like what gets in the way of parents following through or even creating boundaries in the first place. So if you listen to my my um, my last episode on boundaries, I was terrible at holding boundaries. And so I'm really speaking from a place of empathy because I really remember feeling like I just couldn't do it. I was so afraid. I, I was afraid of, of not uh my son not liking me. I I was afraid of him getting mad at me. I was afraid of of poking the bear. I'm gonna get into that. So so a couple of these parent pitfalls. One, being conflict averse, right? Avoiding negative feelings, um, negative people, negative responses, you just completely avoid conflict. I know many, many parents feel this way. It is it is very hard, can be very hard on a nervous system to deal with conflict all the time. So we tend to avoid, avoid any kind of hard conversation. It's a parent pitfall. The next one is being, you know, scared of your teen or that, that PTSD, or some people call it scar tissue with the history involving your teen. It's a fear of repeating the past. And this is really no joke because your nervous system honestly is very much in charge of your reactions, right? All your Automatic responses and knee jerk reactions as parents is, is all because of your nervous system trying to protect you. So, one of the ways, the best ways to bypass this protective system is you're going to need to think very consciously and intentionally about those boundaries and about, um, well, thinking new thoughts about your teen. Uh, that's going to be really, really, really crucial. And some of those thoughts are can be like, it's okay that my teen is dysregulated. It's my job to be regulated. Something like that. Or um, we can figure this out. I, I held on to that thought for many years. Uh, and, and now it's just kind of automatic. I just think, you know, what? we're going to figure this out. No matter what happens, we can figure it out. And so I'm leading my conscious brain to have these more uh, helpful thoughts. And so we're going to go from you know, some of these, and I'm just going to, I'm going to go into them in a second, these misleading thoughts to more helpful thoughts. So some of the misleading thoughts that I really resonated with, and I know some of my clients resonate with, and this is what a lot of the parent pitfalls, it comes from are thinking. And so here I've wrote, I've written down some, some of these thoughts that I know can be, you know, they, some of them sound so nice and they sound so good, but they actually lead us to a more reactive state than being regulated. So some of those are, I just I just want a peaceful home. Now the, that sounds so nice, but the truth is that uh, homes aren't peaceful. Our thoughts can be peaceful, but our environment is just a circumstance. So I understand that that some things aren't peaceful. I get that. But Desiring a constant peaceful home will actually set you up for a lot of negative thoughts because, like I said, homes, homes are full of life and full of people making mistakes and people saying things that are rude and, and people doing things that are, are, you know, not good. And so wanting and desiring a peaceful home sounds so great, but it actually leads to a lot of negative feelings because a, a peaceful home doesn't, especially with children, doesn't really exist. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, we have peaceful moments. That's, that's fine. But uh, it's, it's not something that's actually helping. So I call that a parent pitfall. The other one is I, I hear parents say, well, I just want to focus on the relationship. But to me, that, what that does is that creates feelings of, I just want to act like a friend and not like a parent. I just want to focus on the relationship, right? I just want to protect the relationship. To me, that's actually your brain's excuse of, I'm just going to let them do whatever they want. I want to be very careful of that one. Another thought is, I just, I cannot handle this right now. Actually, you can. So saying that you can't, um, that doesn't mean it's not hard. Like I think a helpful thought is, man, this is hard. That's a fine thought. I can't handle this, I think is very unhelpful and it leads to not following through. Um, Another one is, I cannot let this happen again. Well, if your daughter or son, you know, is coming home smelling like weed, you actually aren't, aren't in charge whether it happens or not. You can, of course, set up boundaries of consequences, which is what, what we're talking about. But you can actually, you can't force that not to happen. So that's a very unhelpful thought. Uh, here we go again. It's so funny. That is one of the most common sentences in a parent's brain: "Is here we go again?" Right? As soon, maybe they uh, snuck out late. Oh God! Here we go again that leads to a lot of negative emotion and it's very hard to stay regulated um, with that thought. And so we want to pay attention to when we're thinking that. Um, The next one is, it doesn't matter because my teen doesn't listen to me anyway. I I remember thinking that a lot. Like, well, I can't ground him because he's not groundable. Well, that just led me to not parent, right? That led me to avoid and hide, which is I did plenty of before we got our son into wilderness. The next one is, I don't want to ruin my relationship with my teen. That's, of course, very close to that other one. But I just, it's so, it just, they're so sneaky because they sound so good. They sound so nice. But your role as a parent defines your relationship with the teen. So if you're acting like a parent, then you actually can't ruin your relationship, right? They might not like you for a minute and that's okay. But that thought can be really unhelpful. Um, let's see. I don't want to poke the bear. That is one of those sentences that I hear a lot of, I've thought, I've felt. It's that idea that our children, our teens are a bear, right? Or a saber-toothed tiger and, and they're dangerous. So we don't want to unleash them. We don't want to poke the bear. That I really get. I really have empathy for that statement because I remember thinking it so much. But the bottom line is it it stops or it, it halts us from parenting from a calm place. It gets in the way and it makes it seem like our children are that, that dangerous animal. And they're not, they're humans, uh, dysregulated. That's what's going on. So that is, that is something I want you to catch. That's that one of those parent pitfalls. It's just, this is the next one. It's just easier to do what they want. Oh, I have felt that so much, but that's not really parenting, right? Um, that's avoiding, is what that is. Oh, it's just so hard. So, what I want you to think about now is what is your thought list, or, you know, like a little bit of a laundry list of negative and unhelpful thoughts? What are those, or could be those parent pitfalls for you? What are those thoughts like, here we go again, or I just, I don't know what to do. I, I'm so confused, or my teen doesn't listen to me anyway. What, what are your thoughts that might be getting in the way of you parenting from a more thoughtful place? And, and let me just tell you, all of us, all of us parents have these pitfalls, have these thoughts. Um, some might be more like avoidant thoughts and some might be more uh, uh, strict uh, thoughts, you know, like, well, they can't handle their life, so I have to handle it for them. Oh man, right? That's pretty unhelpful because it's super invalidating, you know, and I know you're maybe not saying these thoughts, you're thinking these thoughts, but that leads you to being super controlling. Uh, when boy, um, you might be missing something there, right? Might be missing some opportunities to let your child be involved with their own life. So I want you to really think about that and focus. Um, when you get triggered is probably when those thoughts are coming, uh, coming from your autopilot brain. So, When you get triggered the next time, kind of look back or or right now, look back on the last time you were triggered, the last time a crisis moment happened and really like, what what were my thoughts? Um, What what led me to to maybe get dysregulated myself as a parent? Or what led me to maybe parent the way I didn't want to? Maybe I yelled, maybe I avoided something like that. And and you will start to become self-aware of those parent pitfalls. We've all got our own kind of special uh, recipe of those of those thoughts. And the more we can become aware of them, the more we can help ourselves think something better, think something more helpful. Um, a couple of my more helpful thoughts I'm going to leave you with were, we can figure this out. I'm raising an independent and self-governing teen. That Was probably one of the most helpful thoughts I could think of because when I went to parent or say something or consequence or hold a boundary or whatever, I really started to think. And as I began to think this very consciously and repeated it to myself over and over and over again, I am raising an independent and self governing person. It helped me. And now they weren't independent right yet. They weren't self governing yet. So I wasn't avoiding them, but it helped me sort of have something to. Um, I guess, you know, my my words, I would think about what I was going to say to my son, and I would kind of bounce that against that, that, that thought. You know, is this raising an independent and self-governing person? Is this going to increase independence? Is this teaching him how to self-govern? And so I started to have that thought be co- sort of like a, I guess it kind of became my my accountability partner, if that made sense. Because then I could really judge. I I would think about that and think, yeah, you know what? This is really teaching self-governing. It's, it's having him deal with the natural consequences of his his choices. And then I would just like do it. Or maybe I would put it up against that thought and like, ooh, nope, that's super manipulative. And I'm not going to actually say that. So it gave me something to, to put my thoughts up against, um, helped, helped me Help me lead my parenting in the direction I wanted to go. One of my other really helpful thoughts was, I know this sounds crazy, but uh, everything's going exactly according to plan. Now, that is kind of a weird (laughs) thought because, you know, we had a lot of issues, substance issues, uh, curfew issues. Um school issues. We had all of it. And, but what happened is my brain. And now if that doesn't resonate with you, obviously don't use it. But what happened with my brain is it helped me realize (sighs) whatever happened that we could deal with it and that it could eventually become a teaching moment. That's what that thought meant to me. And that was actually really helpful as well. So what you're going to want to find are some, you're going to want to recognize the parent pitfall thoughts. Then you're going to want to create thoughts that are way more helpful when something hits the fan in order for you to create a boundary and then follow through with the boundary, which is really the number one thing you've got to do after you create those boundaries is you've just, you just want to follow through. You've got to be the person that does what they say. Awesome. All right. Thank you for listening today. There'll be more boundary episodes coming up soon. Hey there. Thank you for joining me today. If you know a struggling parent, please share this with them. If you have any questions or want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Beth Hillman Coaching or through my website, BethHillmanCoaching.com. And remember parents, the change begins with us.